In Between Worlds. In this episode, we explore the current astrology as Mercury has entered Aries. We have the brand new rebirth of the zodiacal wheel with the Aries new moon conjunct Chiron and what all of this means, as well as Venus's exalted state in Pisces. This is a powerful, potent, dreamy, and action-oriented time. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome back to another episode of Star Stones and Stories. I'm so grateful that you're here and so thankful for your patience in receiving this episode. A number of you have reached out to me to just check in and see how I am. And I'm really grateful to know that you're thinking of me and just really thirsty for some fresh transmissions on this astrology. I was traveling this weekend, this past weekend. I'm now recording. It's Thursday, Jupiter Day, right at the dark of 
the Aries moon. And I was working so hard to get the podcast ready before my trip and was <laughs> even in my closet recording before I had to leave for the airport on Saturday morning, hoping I could just finish everything. And I looked at the clock and I was like, no, <laughs> you've got to close your laptop and pack up and literally walk out the door. So again, thank you for your patience. As an artist, sometimes I wish I could add about seven more hours into every day. There's so much I want to create. There's so much I want to deliver to you all. And as we're all in these human bodies, these great living temples of light, there are limitations to what we're able to accomplish in any given day. And this makes me think a lot about Saturn and the Saturn influence and Saturn really working with us to master time and space. And part of that mastery is to understand what our limitations are and how to work with them, how to nourish them, how to take really good care of them. I've been feeling this a lot because I work with Saturn very closely in my chart and I tend to attract a lot of people who also do, many of the people who come to me for private sessions via astrology, especially those who return, tend to have strong Saturnian influences. And I've just found myself speaking a lot about Saturn lately. We know Saturn is an Aquarius, and I think it's an important time to honor Saturn's movement in Aquarius because a year from now, Saturn will shift into Pisces. So we're coming to that final culmination of really wanting to look at what we have learned with Saturn in Aquarius, what Saturn in Aquarius is teaching us. It is a fixed sign. So we want to think about where else we have about roughly 20 to 25 degrees in Aquarius in Taurus, in Leo, in Scorpio, because those are the areas that are getting greatly impacted through the Saturn transit. I feel in traditional astrology and Vedic astrology, Saturn gets a really bad rap in the sense it's like, oh, you know, Saturn is just here to deliver the karma and Traditional astrology has seen Saturn as a malefic and intense things. I mean, we, we go through many lessons with Saturn for sure. Saturn is there to support our growth. Saturn wants us to become more attuned to our limitations so that we can actually really thrive within them. And that is something that I've been working with more as I've completed my Master of Arts program and I'm restructuring how I utilize my time as a mother and as an entrepreneur, as an artist, as someone who is deeply attuned to the earth 
and really grateful to be alive in these times, but also feeling the immense pressure of the planet. Like I know each one of you are as well. And with that, I've just been realizing where Saturn is asking me to slow down a little more and rest more, become more creative with my time by putting less in it. And therefore, at times, this podcast has been part of what I've had to just surrender and say, it's not going to come out exactly when I want it to. And that's okay, too. So here we are in this beautiful, beautiful human experience. And one of the themes I would really like to explore with you is this Vesica Pisces. In this great sacred geometry, we have definitely explored this in prior episodes. I've been thinking about it a lot and I spoke about it in Multiplying Miracles, which was an amazing workshop that we co-created at the Pillar of Life, my friend Ashley's studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. If you ever find yourself passing through St. Petersburg, please check out Pillar of Light and see what kind of offerings are available. It is such an amazing healing, a true, true healing temple. And I have another friend who's the owner of a number of Dobra teas here in Asheville, North Carolina, Drew, and he's opening Dobra in St. Petersburg. It should hopefully be available for you all to enjoy and imbibe on some amazing teas and food in by the fall of this year, 2022. So I just want to give my friends down there, my crew down there, a shout out. And it was so amazing for me to take some time to go down to Florida. You may not know much about my own story. And part of it is, is that I've moved my entire life about every three and a half years up until I had graduated college or entered college. And so growing up, I would get comfortable in a community and then we would have to move because of my father's work. And with that, Florida has really been an anchor for me in my life. My grandparents moved there when I was the age of four and I had many other family members move and settle there and My father lives there and my grandmother currently lives there as well. And so I was able to see family. And it's also, I graduated high school from the Tampa Bay area. So it's just really an anchor for me. And it was so powerful to be able to travel down there and share a workshop that wove yoga and meditation and sound healing and astrology. It kind of felt like my coming out because when I was living in Florida as a tween and a teenager, I 
was I never felt safe and revealing these parts of myself. And now I'm able to fully be who I am. And so there was a, there was a really great healing that happened for me on so many different levels and layers. And I speak to this because this is part of what is coming and what is available with this Aries new moon. And I also speak to it because, as I mentioned, that Vesica Pisces, right? And many of you know, I am a priestess of Avalon. I've been very connected to Avalon for many, many, many years. I've been traveling there regularly since 2003. And it was my first journey to Glastonbury that truly initiated me into in this body, really feeling frequency and portals of energy. And throughout the mysticism of Avalon, you will find reference to the Vesica Pisces. And I feel like the symbol of sacred geometry is so important for these times because it speaks to where we are as humanity. We're really living in this yoni space, this portal between these two worlds. And with the Vesica Pisces, which you'll see as the cover art for this episode, so if you're not clear on what it is, check that out. Sometimes iTunes doesn't accept my cover art. I'm not really clear why. It might be that the file is too big. But if you go to Spotify or to my podcast website, website starstonesandstories.com, you'll see the cover art there. And the Vesica Pisces, you have these two rings and then they intersect in the middle, making this yoni shape. And this is really where we are on earth right now. We are witnessing the death of old paradigms and old ways of living and navigating as humans while simultaneously architecting this new earth, this new way of living as humanity, a way that this earth has never seen. And I I speak about this with my podcast and many of my other offerings is this ancient future weaving And it's ancient in the sense that we're really honoring the great elemental mothers and the forces of creation and the timeless wisdom that the ancient indigenous cultures all across earth have agreed on as being significant and important. And also, as we're honoring tradition, we're also looking to anchor in future concepts, to be fresh, to be innovative, and to respect tradition, but also to not be bound by old traditions that do not serve, that do not serve large populations or even small populations of humanity. Because the age of Aquarius is about service. It is about brotherhood, sisterhood, that altruistic love. 
And as the age of Aquarius is governed by Uranus, it is so much about that Uranian force, that electric, outside-of-the-box, innovative, new wave ways of living life and living in creativity. And so as we sit at the intersection between the two worlds, between the two earths, it is a potent, potent position to sit within. And it makes me think of the the tradition, the lineage of the ancient yogis, because it is like this is what this lineage has been preparing for through time and space. To, to be able to sit with the discomfort and the distortions and the challenges of life is true practice. And this is absolutely what the midwife does, right? Midwife with woman. What the midwife does at birth and at death, we could insert any human into woman, right? But I I use the term midwife because for one, I consider myself a consciousness, a midwife of consciousness as someone who has really worked extensively within the birth realm and has also been initiated through death realms. Birth and death are one in the same And this is something I'm really passionate about and plan to explore much deeper with you all in future podcasts because birth and death are about going through portals, going through gateways, going through doorways, and how we come onto this planet, how we're received through the moment of our birth and how we exit this planet, how we are blessed or not, the moment of our death, these moments matter so incredibly much and they have been intrinsically hijacked by the overculture, systematically hijacked by the overculture And I can say that without a doubt, having lived in the United States and witnessed this country that supposedly is one of the superpowers of the global community, but has horrible rates for infants and mothers, newborns and mothers at birth, and has a crumbling system with how to care for elders. And I've witnessed it firsthand on both ends, the birth realm and the death realm. How we do birth and how we do death, how we do death is says a lot about our culture at large and how we are currently do them. It's atrocious. It's literally atrocious. And this is the system that's sort of being modeled and being spread throughout the world into other medical systems. 
So it's a true problem. And that's all for another podcast episode and a number of them to be exact. However, for now, we want to stay with that symbol of the Vesica Pisces and that intersection between the two worlds because we are sitting, we are sitting in that sacred liminal space of something dying and something being born. And many people are uncomfortable with that in-between space because it is uncomfortable, it is a void, and it is an unknown. And when you're in a void, it's almost as if all of your senses have been taken away from you and the sensation of time has been taken away from you. And the logic of knowing what will come next is not available. And many of us have a tendency where we kind of just want to like go into the new thing, right? We don't really want to honor the death process because it can feel really hard to honor the death process. It brings up a lot of grief. It brings up anger. It brings up loss and fear and shame and disappointment, disappointment about what went wrong and what didn't come to fruition. And then a lot of us also may be afraid to create something new because you, you're you kind of going out into the frontier. And so there can be this desire to cling to the past to cling to what's familiar, to not want to let go of that which is dying. So we're here at this intersection between the two worlds and we're we're in a long game. We're going the distance. We're in a deeply powerful, potent cauldron of transformation as a collective of humans on earth right now, regardless of what country we live in and what we do in our day-to-day, we're all feeling this collectively. I can say that without a doubt as an astrologer, as someone who's tracked mundane astrology, these long sweeping cycles. So it's very potent. It's a very potent time. And as this past Sunday on the 27th of March, we've had Mercury enter Aries, which I think for many of us is really beneficial because it gives us the ability to speak more of of where we are, but we can also be like really rash and um, we can say more than we mean and we can be stubborn and we can be headstrong with it. So we want to be cautious because we are getting into astrology that can feel a little more volatile as that Aries influence is coming on more and more. And as we move through this upcoming Aries new moon, we're preparing for the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in the middle of April, and soon after that, the Libra full moon. And before you know it, it is the Beltana eclipse season. 
this month of April, we have a new moon that opens the month and a new moon that closes the month. And the Aries new moon always brings in the birth of the zodiacal wheel. So there's this turning of the wheel and this particular Aries new moon is opening up like a two and a half year cycle. So what we're creating now, we're going to be living with for some time. So we want to be really intentional about that. And we want to also remember that we're in the intersection between these two worlds. And how do I go the distance? That's the question for you to ask yourself when you're preparing for this new moon and you're thinking about the intentions you want to be writing. It's like, how do I go the distance with this astrology? How do I pace myself? Where do I want to be in five years and 10 years? And I know for many of us, we can sense through our intuition that the world is going to be vastly different in 10 years. So it's like, well, how do I even plan for 10 years from now? You plan in the sense of really sinking into your body and asking yourself, like, what do I want my life to feel like? Like, what are my daily rhythms like? And you really anchor into that. So this Aries new moon is potent, it is fiery, it is hot, and as we're at this dark moon phase, it's an opportunity to really go within and see where we need to balance that shadow energy of fire. And the new moon is exact on in Eastern Daylight Time on the 1st of April at 2.24 a.m. So for some people around the world, it'll be March 30th, somewhere late at night. And at this new moon, as with every new moon, we have the, the sun and the moon meet up together. They marry, they merge. And it's at 11 degrees, 30 arc minutes, Aries. And they are married, they're conjunct, Mercury and Chiron. Mercury is at 9 degrees, 44 arc minutes, Aries, and Chiron is at 12 degrees, 18 arc minutes, Aries. We also have Pallas Athene, who is also technically conjunct the sun and moon at 17 degrees, 40 arc minutes, Aries and Eris at 24 degrees, 11 arc minutes, Aries. So Mercury being the messenger of how we communicate, how we move through the five senses, how we speak, how we write, how we are thinking, how we're expressing ourselves, how we're receiving others. So there's a lot more passion and creativity which ultimately I think is great because Mercury in Pisces is can be very challenged. It can be very liminal. So it can be hard to get the words out. <laughs> Whereas Aries, it, it, Mercury in Aries just kind of will like blurt it all out uh, and then be like, wow, did I just say that? 
So there's a lot more instinct with our speech. There's an ability to take more initiation as well. And this new moon is deeply influenced by how we're thinking, how we're speaking, what we're saying, but also our our healing potential because we have Chiron as that maverick healer very, very close to the sun and moon. And Chiron connects to some of our our greatest core wounds as children. A lot of times they come in in our actual womb life. So before we're even born, we're very conscious when we're in the womb. We hear everything. We feel what our mother feels. All of the experiences our mother has, if if she goes through fear and adrenaline runs through her body, that washes through our body, um, we can get a sense of just how the world works, but it's like through her perspective, her consciousness. And this is why we're so deeply tied to our mothers. And it is why that that mother wound for many can be that first real intense wound and quite often the most unconscious wound as well because it's just kind of always been there in in this incarnation so it's it's deep and it's potent and i believe with this aries new moon there's a lot available for for those who are on a conscious healing journey to peel back some particular layers and really dive in and expand expand through the body expand the cells of your being to see yourself at that intersection between the two worlds and to really bless to bless whatever intensity you were born into in your family of origin, to bless it because I do believe that we're here to really heal and uplift and elevate that generational trauma. And that those of us who are in body right now came to the earth in this wave of people to do that particular work. And when I say elevate it, I mean truly elevate it. Like we go through the layers of the healing process, which means that there are definite moments of feeling the anger and the rage and the disappointment and the pain and the sorrow and the grief. And then as we move through that, we come into a place of great, great compassion compassion for our lineage, compassion for what was passed down and how it got distorted over time and space and what happens through those distortions. Because compassion is such an integral element into this age of Aquarius. And it is so necessary, especially, especially right now, Every single person on the planet is going through something really deep 
really intense and it is mighty. And I think every single one of us has felt at some point within the last two and a half years that we've hit our wall, that we're like, okay, if I had an eject button and I could eject myself out of this human experience and, you know, go back to my starseed origin or whatever astronomical body you're from in time and space, you know, and be like, all right, I'd hit that button. And that is part of what it means to sit in between these two worlds. So it is how do we sit with that discomfort, even the reality that if we had the eject button, (laughs) probably at least 75% of us would have pushed it, right? It says a lot about where we are in these times. So this new moon conjunct Chiron is asking us to be that courageous warrior and to really be willing to go into these deep, deep spaces. And as I'm recording this, I just want to say I can so understand. I, I always get it like when when I have an episode that is coming out late, later than my own you know, self-imposed deadline of every other Friday, there's always a reason and there's there's always something that needed to come through at a later date that just wasn't available. And when I was originally recording this, Mercury was still in Pisces and what I recorded because I always have I have like my notes that I prepare around the astrology and then there's a theme that that I know wants to come through in that particular podcast episode. But I'm honestly really riffing on it. I don't have like a whole thing typed out. I have notes that keep me anchored into the astrology, but the other flows come through naturally. And I I just allow them to come through just like I would when I'm sitting one-on-one with a client in an astrology reading, or when I'm sitting in front of a group of people facilitating a class of some kind, a a yogic journey, or even a pilgrimage. It's so much about how do we be present and prepared. And I think that that is a skill that we're being asked to develop more and more in this Aquarian age. And we see that through the rise of of social media and, and how everything's evolving and changing in the blink of an eye. Pallas Athene, she is the goddess of the high mind. So where she is, she's very mentally creative and conjunct Chiron and Eris. Pallas Athene is working with these two beings to bring in justice to bring in deep mental creativity, to bring in out-of-the-box ideas uh, that are really ready, but that we might be kind of scared to take the leap on. And this new moon wants to help us. And we know Eris and Aries as definitely, you know, she can get volatile. She's a disruptor. 
And she wants the truth to emerge regardless of what the consequences are. So we want to utilize that warrior frequency, but we also want to use it with care. We want to circle deep into the heart of Chiron and really use that timeless healing energy in our lives now. Aries is the I am presence. It emerges as the first sign of the zodiac. Each Aries new moon initiates the birth of the zodiacal wheel. What we create with this new moon brings us all the way through the Pisces season of 2023. The archetype of Aries is the ram. So we are in a season of going into our leadership, of being pioneers, risk takers, to really use dynamic oriented action, to be fearless, to call forth greater adventure in our life, to be ambitious, to be independent, while also developing that self-awareness, to know who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? How am I meant to express myself? What is my identity? How do I want people to receive me when I walk into a room? What is the energy I'm emitting? And so this cardinal energy, it's very initiatory, it's proactive, it's decisive. It is spiritual and creative as as it is calling forth that element of fire and ruled by Mars. And remember, we're in the Dagara year of fire. This is the year of ancestors. This is the year of harnessing the primal force to call forth that which we need. As this is the beginning of the new zodiacal year in this year of the ancestors, I really encourage you to work strongly with your ancestors with this Aries new moon. We're in that fire element. And even when you do something as simple as light a candle, you have invoked the ancestral space, especially if you're really intentional about it. And I believe, you know, if you're a listener, an avid listener of this show, you know that like I record my episodes here, like literally at the feet of my ancestral altar. And I'm just so grateful for these teachings that I've received from many different teachers, but I I really want to honor Elder Maladoma Somme, who brought the Dagra wisdom to the West and has also kindled within each of our hearts, each one of us who has been touched by his teachings, the power and the potency of carrying that indigenous wisdom. Each one of us, we have indigenous wisdom that runs through our bloods, our blood and our veins and is in the bones of our body. And part of what we're being called for in these times is to awaken, reawaken that connection, that portal. And I say this at a time where in a few days, a number of us will be gathering 
to honor the passing of Elder Maladoma to the other world. It'll be a beautiful ceremony to honor his death. And I am just so incredibly grateful for his teachings. He has impacted me in ways that I knew when he was alive, but I feel even more now that he's no longer with us in the physical. And that is, I think, part of our ability as we tune in more to the sacred elements and to our own deep practices, the other world becomes more and more alive for us when we are in this human world. And that is another way we can relate to the Vesica Pisces. That intersection between worlds could also be seen as this world and the other world and what happens when we collaborate consciously with the other world. So may you, may you collaborate consciously with the other world in this new moon because this is the beginning of a new year. We are in the Northern Hemisphere in that season of spring. It is a time of hope and promise and light and love and also a time of sacrifice. We must use our intelligence, the kinetic force of our body, the strength of our body, and we're reminded to never give power over to another authority. And I believe that this is a huge part of Saturn's teachings as well, is to really learn how to be the author, the authority, the leader of your own life. Many people would recommend different stones to work with for the Aries new moon. And I'm actually going to recommend that if you're drawn to to work with amethyst. I think amethyst is a beautiful stone because amethyst balances the left and right hemispheres of the brain and Aries rules the head and amethyst is very cooling, but it also as it is purple in color, most often, you can find pink amethyst. It has that red and that blue coming together. So it's very cooling. And amethyst is a grandmother stone. She's a lineage stone. She's not like hematite, which I work with quite extensively. Amethyst connects into another grandmother portal. And we want to be really wise with this new moon, right? We want to be attuned with our ancestors. So this new moon is ruled by Mars, and Mars is a planet of action and war and aggression, and we're definitely seeing more aggression in the world at large. And I think as we're going through our day-to-day, it's important to have compassion for all beings on the planet. Most importantly, to have compassion for ourselves and to take really good care of ourselves. Aries season is always a time to come back to your own personal identity and to check in with yourself 
and to really nourish who you are. Right now, with this new moon, Mars is in Aquarius, leaving the marriage with Venus in Aquarius. And Mars is conjunct Saturn, Juno, and Venus. So they're all in this conjunction with also Vesta in Aquarius. So we have this stellium in Aquarius with this new moon, which is bringing in a lot of innovation but also showing us where things feel tight, where they feel restricted, where they feel tense. There, you know, Aries is, or sorry, Aquarius is a fixed sign. So it, it's like sometimes we're holding on a little too much. And we are also seeing what the dark side of the Aquarian age can look like with the rise of the whole technocracy and the gap between economic differences just widening like this vast ocean. And it can feel like quite a lot because we know how technology is already like fully in our lives as humanity. And we also can understand how many corporations have now gained much power over governments. And so, so much feels like it's out of the hands of humanity. And this is also part of sitting in that space, that intersection between two worlds, because hope is not lost and the power is ours. However, the actions we take in the world today will greatly, greatly impact the future generations. And as we're here to elevate and transform lineage trauma, part of that work is to be as conscious as we can to keep it, keep it clear and clean, keep the containers clear and clean so that we are intentionally holding a space to heal trauma and not create new layers of trauma. And that's a whole philosophical debate we could get into because perhaps that's just what we do as humans, layer upon layer upon layer. However, I'm not convinced and I would imagine you may not be either because you listen to star stones and stories. So as this new moon is ruled by Mars and as Mars is an Aquarius conjunct Saturn, when I cast this chart for the East Coast of the US, <clears throat> we have Saturn ruling the chart with a Capricorn rising. Many of the planets for the new moon are all consolidated uh, in the lower portion, meaning that they are really, th this can be a really deep new moon to go within, to ask yourself, who am I? How do I appear in the world? What is my self-worth? What do my self-love, self-care practices look like? 
How do I manage my time? How do I manage my resources? How do I face my responsibilities? How do I manage my money and my possessions? How do I tend to the land, to Mother Earth? How do I care for her resources? How do I share and teach this to others in my daily life and my local community? There's a lot that is available through this new moon. And I would say whatever of those topics that really stood out for you, ask yourself what needs to be healed around these considerations. And that is the Chiron work there. So the Sabian symbol for 11 degrees, 30 arc minutes Aries is a triangularly shaped flight of geese. This is about an idealistic reliance upon a mental image of universal order. The flight of geese is geometric, and it is seasonal and attuned to the planetary rhythms. There is a cosmic order at hand, a celestial order, a soul consciousness evolution. The star sparks is... An old woman hears the stars talking to her at night. The stars are almost saying, I was here before you were born. I am the witnessing one, the silent one, the silent voice. I keep the beat. I'm keeping a sharp watch for the new earth. I emit a resonance, a frequency. Therefore, The truth is, with this Aries new moon, you have an ability to energize life through your spontaneous good nature. May you use your wings to gain a fresh perspective. May you use whatever minerals you're called to, to assist with shape-shifting through the realms, to connect to higher dimensions, to pull forth the vision for that which you're creating for definitely the next two and a half years, but perhaps even five and 10. And with that, take this affirmation. I remain lighthearted in all situations due to my higher awareness. Because Chiron is conjunct the sun and moon, with this Aries new moon, and we've been journeying through Chiron in Aries since 2018. I feel it is time that we revisit Chiron as the mantle of spiritual maturity. We discussed this in a previous episode recorded in, I believe it was in 2021. We know that Chiron was first sighted in 1977, and with any astronomical body, when the body is discovered, there's always some sort of story that goes along with that. For Chiron, there's a journey of self-discovery and self-mastery. As we can look to the year of 1977, particularly in the United States, but also in other cultures and countries, there was a new collective current around soul growth and metaphysics 
that really began to peak. And this is a time to draw down and embody our divinity. Chiron is the bridge. He is the rainbow bridge. He connects us to from Saturn into Uranus, into those outer transpersonal collective planets. Saturn is a teaching planet, teaching us really about the limitations of what we can do in these bodies for our very own protection, literally for like the protection of our nervous system. Because if we go out into those outer planets too hard, too fast, too far, our nervous systems will collapse. And so Chiron really helps us to particularly understand our nervous system capacity, depending on what sign Chiron is in, what generation we're born under, and what house Chiron lives in as well. Chiron teaches us a lot about how sensitive we are and people who have strong Chirons in their charts. I always encourage them, like, please, please be so careful with any kind of uh, mind-altering substances, whether it's plant medicine, whether it's prescription drugs, whether it's certain supplements, whether it's recreational drugs, people with these strong Chiron placements are very attuned in their nervous system. And I would also put technology into that category. We're at a time where we really need to learn how to consciously shield ourselves with our technology. This is something that is real and it is true whether you know about EMFs and geopathic resonances. It's a real thing and it absolutely affects our health and our well-being. And I believe with this new moon and as we're going deeper into the age of Aquarius, more and more people are going to be able to understand that information. In tarot, Chiron could represent the Hierophant, which is the inner spiritual teacher. In myth, Chiron was a master teacher of astrology, medicine, astronomy, magic, protection, hunting. He was a musician. He was a shapeshifter. And he was not like the other centaurs. In fact, some say he was a priest king of the centaurs. These centaurs were half horse and half human. They were mythological beings. And Chiron is also of the earth and of the sea. Coming from a lineage of Uranus and Gaia as his grandparents, Kronos and Rhea raised him. However, his mother was a sea nymph, and her name was Philrea. It is said Chiron married a water goddess, and their daughter was Thea, shining one of the moon, who became a seer and an astrologer. As she ascended to the stars, she became the constellation Pegasus. It is believed that Chiron also went to the stars. Some say he became the constellation of Sagittarius and that he is the true ruler of this constellation. It's interesting to consider this as both the great attractor and the galactic center 
live within this constellation, two very magnetic portals, cosmic wombs that I've spoken about quite a lot in previous episodes. You can go to the Great Attractor Magnetic Eclipse Portal episode if you haven't taken a listen to that. And I'll um, share more about the Galactic Center and the Great Attractor in that episode. And this 28 degrees, 27 degrees roughly, of Sagittarius connects us to the Gate of God. And some people believe that we come, as we're journeying to Earth, we come from that Gate of God, and then we travel through the Gate of Man where we land. I find this all really fascinating, and I also believe Chiron has a deep, deep affinity with the constellation of Virgo, the sign of Virgo. Chiron had this ability to identify the gift in each being and how to draw it out. And so this is really a journey of personal medicine, knowing thy medicine. Chiron founded the ancient temple healing of healing, the Asclepian, and throughout myth, he taught many different people how to master their personal quest. Jason, in particular, Orpheus, he taught Asclepios how to heal and work with medicine. He taught Achilles how to run and master music. He's known to teach those who are on some sort of journey. And through this mastery, and they are finding their own sacred pilgrimage through their life experiences. Chiron also, as an astrologer, is teaching about divination. He works with shamanism and healing. And where Chiron is transiting shows us within our own charts, our personal charts, where the great pressure of our times is and how we may use illness or struggle or intensity as the illumination point because where the struggle lies is the messenger to your passage, to your great initiation, so to speak. Now, as the story continues, we know that Chiron picked up a poisoned arrow of Hercules dropped it on his foot, and his foot became poisoned. And the the catch here is that it was a poison he taught Hercules how to make. But because Chiron was immortal, he could not die, and so he had to live with this unbearable pain, and it was so, so intense. He gave himself in exchange for Prometheus, Prometheus was imprisoned for giving fire to humanity. And Zeus oversaw the trade. And that is essentially what brought Chiron to the stars. And this is a journey of the medicine way, how to use power in a good way, how humanity can learn to use power in a good way. <clears throat> so we have this really kind of potent story here about an exchange of fire and Chiron going to the stars and fire is our connection to our ancestors. 
uh, a lot of lot of layers here to sit with. Now, as I said, in astrology, Chiron orbits between Saturn, the manifester, and Uranus, the liberator, and has an extreme elliptic. For instance, Chiron can be in Aries for over eight years, but in Libra for one and a half years. Many of us experience the Chiron return around the age of 50, give or take. And what I have witnessed by sitting with over hundreds and hundreds of people of many different ages is that that Chiron return is a major initiation. The midlife activation points ranging around the planets of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto really prepare us physically and energetically, emotionally, and spiritually for the Chiron return. And if we are so up for the initiatory process, we step fully into our embodiment as we go through the Chiron return. What I love about astrology is that nothing can be rushed, right? Like each planet, each transit comes in its own due time. It doesn't matter how majestic your soul is and how many lifetimes you've lived and whatever sources you've served and where you've come from. We are, as Saturn says, we are limited and we are defined by these bodies on some level. Yes, we can supersede them as well. I believe that very much. However, certain things are time-coded, and that is why working with astrology is so important. It helps you to understand these time codes and how to sink into them and consciously, consciously work with them. Chiron represents initiation. If you choose to align with the highest essence. This is all about taking up the mantle of spiritual authority and maturity, being the author, the authority of your life. How powerful would it be here on earth if every single one of us took full residence, resonance within our human bodies, fully brought our frequency into our human bodies, our higher self, and drew from that and took full accountability for who we are and why we're here. The new earth would be here like that. Chiron is here to assist us. If you so choose to align with the highest essence, this is calling forth the mantle of spiritual authority. You move into a space of knowing what to do and what not to do in any given moment. And therefore, there must be an internal agreement to walk this path with as much diligence as possible. Chiron was a Renaissance man. And as he was this healer who could not heal himself, he teaches us also to have that compassion with self, that our wounds offer us the key to unlock our greater and greatest healing. I often tell people that I like to see Chiron like this dose of homeopathic medicine that gets distilled to us at the exact moments we need to experience it in our lives. And Chiron very much is about holistic healing. We have to holistically approach 
the situation. And that also means tapping into the unconscious part of ourselves where we may feel scattered, diffused, and ungrounded. Now, with Chiron and Aries, there's very much a search for identity. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my soul's purpose? And collectively, with Chiron and Aries, there's a placement of great, great initiation. We must be leaders. You must be a courageous trailblazer in your life, a pioneer of the most passionate and instinctual kind. You are the trailblazer for your lineage to harness that collective capacity for holistic knowledge while simultaneously fulfilling your need to be independent and to know thyself, to go through each layer of initiation, the innovative measures, while also calling upon your inner child, that innocence to give birth to new forms while being aware of where you may be aggressive or selfish or rash. We can call forth new forms of energy healing, embodiment, and inspiring visions. So may you activate this maverick healing frequency within this Aries new moon. May you heal and uplift and elevate. Thank you so much for circling up with this podcast. I know how valuable your time is in the Aquarian age. And so I just truly bow to you. I bring my palms together at my heart and I bow to you for being here. I bow to your ancestors and this medicine, this magic that we are collaborating. And this medicine and this magic that we are weaving together for these really profound times as we sit in between the Vesica Pisces. So I want to make sure that you're receiving my weekly love notes, my Venetian love notes. They come into your inbox. You can sign up via link in bio. And uh, if you have signed up and you're not getting the love letters, take a moment and go to your contacts in your email provider and make sure you've included support at earthseedtemplearts.com. That helps to ensure that the weekly Venetian love notes are landed within your sacred inbox. Also, if you feel called, I offer high caliber divination sessions and I have an amazing course coming up. It's called Earth Seed. I would love, love, love for you to join us in the Earth Seed community. This is a online course, so it's taught for anyone anywhere in the world. It is taught live um, and it's virtual. We meet Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. However, there are people from all over the world who join us. So everything is recorded. You have lifetime access to the course. Every time I teach the course, which will be once a year in the spring, you have the opportunity to circle back around and to come in live. So once you invest, you're part of this Earthseed community. 
Now, Earthseed offers essential principles and practices for personal empowerment in these radical times. Earthseed is going to help you with really harnessing the mantle of your spiritual authority. I'm going to teach you nature-based modalities that help you develop an authentic, intimate connection that is grounded with the cycles of life on earth so that you can really show up with vitality, presence, and resilience in the day-to-day. Because I know many of us fear living an unfulfilled life. I know many of us are exhausted from endless scrolling on our devices. I know sometimes you might feel flat or lethargic or like you're not honoring your boundaries. You might even have countless restless nights just tossing and turning in your bed or feeling lonely, yet you're afraid to speak your truth and be fully seen. And the truth is, is that over time, humanity has fallen away from the natural cycles of earth. Our understanding of these rhythms is very distorted, which results in a lack of true self-care and a really spaced out existence. And our postmodern overculture has taught us that progress is measured through technological advancements. Meanwhile, each time we reach for a device, we get a dopamine hit to our brain that sends this cascade of hormones throughout the body. We are literally addicted to these devices. They came into our lives. No one taught us how to use them in a good way. And now we have upgrades coming left and right. And there's this race to keep up. And the truth is, technology is not going anywhere. We have to find a healthy way for integration with technology for our earth, for our children, for our children's children, for the future of humanity. The truth is every single moment is a miracle. And this is exactly why I created Earthseed. So Earthseed is a culmination of my life study and work. And I mean that wholeheartedly through the techniques and knowledge offered in this transformative course, you will fall in love with yourself and you will fall in love with the earth all over again. By the end of this journey, you're going to experience simple guidance and distilled information on how to align with the rhythms of the sun and the moon. You will feel an intimate connection with stones and crystals rooted in an ancient Taoist lineage. And you'll also understand how these allies carry the deep intelligence, the stories of Mother Earth and a multitude of healing properties. You're going to have knowledge and practices to connect with your chakras, the wheels of light within your body. And these chakras will help you keep healthy boundaries and energetic sovereignty. You'll be able to draw upon your own inner authority And from that space, really master and manifest a life that is fully embodied. So in Earthseed, we go through a whole blueprint of nine weeks. Each week is connected to a module, which is really a temple. It is a temple that is anchored with a different stone. And in each temple, you will experience 
a understanding of the seasonal solar gate and the lunar gate that mirror one another and a stone that is also connected on a frequential level to that solar and lunar gate and how to work with that stone as an ally also while simultaneously working within your physical body and opening the portals of your body through the chakras. This earth seed journey will also be weaving in some yogic practices. So there's going to be a true, true physical embodiment piece in addition to a lot of like guided meditative opportunities so that you can develop your own practice based off of these principles within Earthseed. So we begin with the Temple of Garnet and the Root Chakra, and then we move into the Temple of Carnelian and the Sacral Chakra, up into the Solar Plexus with the Temple of Citrine, into the Heart with the Temple of Peridot, up through the throat with the temple of lapis lazuli. From there, the third eye with the temple of labradorite to the crown with the temple of amethyst. And then moving consciously on how we're going to anchor this cosmic energy through the soul star chakra and the temple of selenite and culminating with the temple of Moldavite, which allows us to weave the celestial web and to activate the galactic chakra. So if this is something you're interested in joining us, I would love to welcome you. It is more than a course. It is a true community that we're building. There are a number of people who have been with me in multiple councils and will be circling back around And we are really creating an ecosystem of people who want to connect into the earth and ground and anchor through the bones of Mother Earth, through her stones, through her stories. And with that, you're weaving your own story. And you're really also, it is like a chirotic journey. I've I've never actually considered it quite like this before, but as I'm recording this episode and we just went deep into Chiron, I'm seeing how Earthseed really is a chirotic journey because when you commit to these principles and practices, you have this opportunity to be ushered into your own unique medicine through this exploration and through the reflection of the community. I have a a guarantee where if you sign up for the course and you're not enjoying it, you can um, receive a full refund. And there's many other bonuses that come with the course. It is truly like a work of my art and devotion that I am offering for you to thrive in these times. There is a link in the show notes where you can sign up. You can also go to my website, 
earthseedtemplearts.com and click on Mystery School, and that will take you directly to the sign-up link as well. I would love to see you there. So again, we begin on the 5th of April. It's a nine-week course meeting every Tuesday, and that's a really special day. It's when Venus enters Pisces, and Venus is exalted, and that was why part of the reason why I chose that day. So I'm always consciously working with the astrology when, when I initiate my greater, like, forms of creation, whether it's a course like Earthseed or a pilgrimage, they're always very, very aligned with the astrology. And again, it's for everyone in the world. And I've had beautiful people from India and the UK and Australia join us. So we'd love to keep welcoming um, new people into the community. And if you are in the local Asheville community, I just want to say on the 4th of April, Monday, I will be offering a four-week yoga series. So if you're interested in joining that, please send me a message if you want the details. On the 5th of April at 11.17 a.m., Venus enters Pisces. She is exalted in Pisces. She loves to be in Pisces. So that's really going to shift the frequency for us collectively. From there, we are preparing for this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which is on April 12th, Tuesday at 10.42 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This is a super important marriage that's coming up. It is offering us this opportunity to be boundless in our lives, to multiply the miracles, to call forth the power and the potency of the collective energy. Jupiter really wants to help us expand and grow and harness more wisdom and joy and health and vitality in our lives. And Neptune is that illusory, imaginative, artistic part of the collective frequency. And there's so much to say about this conjunction and what is available to us. And I have been touching on it in the past couple of episodes. And in episode 49, we're going to go much deeper. So please stay tuned for that. Again, I just want to invite you to circle up with us through Earthseed. If you cannot come live, you will still absolutely benefit from this course as every single thing is recorded and there's a there's a whole beautiful course portal set up for you and with that as we conclude i drew a couple of cards for us to call forth the magic of this aries new moon the first card that came up i work with this oracle deck and it is terra firma and this is about how one is unsparing, wild, self-contemplative, and attuned to their destiny. It is about being connected to the living mystery of the earth, about really feeling the foundation of the ground below your feet, feeling the primary direct experience of human consciousness. 
the terra firma inheritance that is your power and your destiny. From there, the the one card that came out through the tarot is the Wheel of Fortune, or in the deck that I work with is Fortune's Wheel. It is the 10th card in the deck where destiny meets synchronicity. And the affirmation that goes with this from the good tarot, which I, I love by Colette Baron reed is, I am in awe to experience many meaningful coincidences that prove to me that spirit has my back. These lucky breaks and moments when things just turn out perfectly show how we're all connected. My gamble will pay off when I trust my co-creative partnership with spirit. My destiny is obvious to me now. And the final oracle card is Phenomena. This is about magic, action, conception, form, matter, and how life entered with its own exalted and intrinsic form brings the blessing of Phenomena. And with that, thank you so much for circling up in this episode. I am truly, truly grateful you're here. This is a collaboration. I cannot do these podcasts without you as the listener. So I love to hear your feedback. Take a moment, leave a review on iTunes, rate the podcast on whatever app you listen to it, share it with a couple of friends. These are simple actions that really help the the podcast go the distance. So thank you, thank you, thank you. May there be peace in the East. May there be peace in the South. May there be peace in the West. May there be peace in the North. May there be peace deep, deep into the heart of Mother Earth. May there be peace out through the cosmos. May there be peace deep within your heart. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. Blessed be. Ashe. Aho. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And when I say here, I mean here on planet Earth. Thank you for your medicine. Thank you for your hard, diligent work. Thank you for your courageous heart and your willingness to go through these portals. Beloved one, we are the stars that fall. How have we forgotten that which we are? I invite you to go on a journey with me to find safe sanctuary for your physical vessel to make this space free of any electronic or other distractions to take care of your biological needs to come seat or lie down in the space here and now to find stillness to find romance with your breath
that inherent exchange with the beloved that lives through us each and every breath. We invite God, Goddess, into our bodies, into our lungs, into the very cells of our being. And as you find this stillness, this sweetness, I wish to share with you, as I have in the past many moons ago, the first time I was initiated in this physical body within the Great Pyramid in the King's Chamber, it was many moons ago. And when I was initiated into that space, it was instantaneous, the journey I was taken on. I came to lay back my head down on the ground of the king's chamber and immediately I fell into the stars. And as I fell into the stars, my eyes were closed, yet through my inner vision I saw the myriad of constellations of sacred spaces within the space frequency of all that is. It was so viscerally alive for me. I felt so much warmth and welcoming to be surrounded with my starry sisters and brothers and it really felt like that there was that sense of agape and as I journeyed I became a shooting star moving through time and space and I could feel as I moved through time and space that I was not alone, that I was being guided and shielded and protected the whole way. I was being carried, essentially. And I saw the journey through my mind's eye. And as I saw it, I felt everything. It was as alive for me as any earthly experience ever has been. And as I continued to journey as the star, I became closer and closer to the Earth's atmosphere. I knew where I was headed. And as I moved through the Earth's atmosphere, I could feel the sensation of knowing the pressure of what was to come as there is the sacred agreement on earth to forget, to forget that which we truly are, that we are the stars that fall. And I imagine you too have had this experience, whether you're consciously aware of it or not, 
I imagine you too have gone through this a multitude of times. This is the sacred journey we travel upon and we arrive in this human flesh. We are birthed into the world through our mothers, regardless of if they deliver vaginally or through cesarean surgery or through another means. Whether we're born through complete and total love and acceptance or partial rejection, each one of us on some level or another, we go through a trauma that is very real, a sensation that is really true for each one of us, where there's some part of us that does not feel fully accepted. And this creates the beginning of the duality of being human, of this experience that we agree upon. And so I invite you to consider your own chirotic space where the maverick healer exists within your placement of your physical body, the mapping of your life. Notice, notice where this frequency comes through and how although the path has been isolating, challenging, filled with grief, anger, madness, a whole range of shadow energies, notice how the challenges of the storyline have also brought many possibilities for you. Possibilities to show up empowered, to take a stand, to use your voice, to allow your body to be a vessel for truth, to protect and know what your boundaries are, to protect your inner landscape, to protect your greatest resources, to honor your identity, to share your creative gifts with the world, to be in deep and everlasting community, to heal your family of origin, to be a great provider and leave a living legacy, to express your ideas and your thoughts and your intelligence and to share your beliefs, to even renew and restructure the culture's beliefs, to live in relationship in harmony with yourself and with others. There are so many portals of possibility that the Maverick Healer, the Rainbow Bridge of Chiron, brings into our lives 
For so many of us, we've been hypnotized in an overculture that makes us shrink at pain and at intensity. However, at this time, we do live in a world of duality and it is part of the sacred dance. We are mastering in these times as we step deeper into the Aquarian age, we have this opportunity to reclaim, to reclaim the parts of our bloodlines, our soul lines, our star lines, to reclaim the parts and to literally rewrite, rematrix these stories. And as we learn through the world of manifestation on earth and we apply the subtle electrical frequencies of all that is through time and space, that is when we can initiate this maverick healing into our lives personally, into our lives collectively. And so I invite you to continue to allow your body to experience your own personal chirotic journey, noticing where you are in your life and honoring this space and this place, knowing that you truly have the sovereign power to shift the timelines and to rewrite the story of your own healing. You have the opportunity to see the beloved and to witness how the beloved moves through you and with you literally in each and every breath of this sacred life. And it is through surrendering the need to control. It is through surrendering to source while also holding steady with your unique creative visionary abilities. Remember, remember, dear one, we are the stars that fall. And it is our turn to remember that we are walking galaxies of ancient future wisdom. We are potent, we are powerful, and we are infinitely blessed.
I'd like to share this prayer with you to close our circle. Prayer for stability. I stand today and for all times as a wise and loving adult in this world. I trust myself and I trust in the goodness in all hearts. I hold love and stability in this world and fashion my life accordingly. I honor and respect those who may be fearful and recognize that many are still young. I will live with my eyes, ears, and heart open. I will build the life I came to build. And so it is. Dive in with me at earthseedtemplearts.com and you can follow me on Instagram at earthseedtemplearts. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth crystallize your medicine.